Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live.
on a personal basis. And I pray for Brother Steve Lipsy, Lord, that you would continue to bring healing in him for his pancreas. And I thank you, Lord, that you continue working on Sergio's cousin and that Brother Howard also, Lord, that uh, he's being healed as well. And I, I thank you for all those, Lord, who've given to this ministry. I pray, Lord, that their needs are, in particular those who've given, that their needs be met, Lord. You know what they are, needs for healing, for health, or for jobs, or for finances, or whatever their needs are, Lord. We know that you will return to them when necessary in this present life as well as the hereafter as well. And I pray and give thanks for these things in the name of Jesus. So be it. Amen. 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 Okay. What verse, Brother Chad, did we end up in last night? Uh, was it 44, Brother Dave? Do you remember? 44? Yeah, yeah 44. Yeah, I think it was verse 44. That's right, because I was looking at the big one, number 46, coming up here. I can't wait. <laughs> 44. Go ahead, Brother, and... And uh, start at verse 44 then. Okay. Uh, I'll tell you what. Uh, 42. Go back up and start in 42. Yeah. Okay. The paragraph. Uh, Luke 12 and 42. And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward, whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household, to give them their portion of meat in due season? Blessed is that servant, whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Stop. Stay right there. Okay, the Lord's talking to the people that he's, that he's going to make servants in his household. And he said, he'll do it in due season. Then watch verse 43. Go ahead. Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. When, of he, a tr- goes, when he finds so doing. Constancy in faith. The just shall live by faith. Verse 44, brother. Of a truth, I say unto you that he will, uh, pardon me again, of a truth, I say unto you that he will make him ruler over all that he hath. Wow. That's a pretty big thing for these servants. There's there's something to them. But they're not part of the bride. How do you know that they're not part of the bride? Brother Chad, go back and read the verse that tells them plainly that they're not part of the bride. That would be, there it is, uh, 12 and 36 in Luke. And ye yourselves like unto men that wait for their Lord when he will return from the wedding. Okay. Men like with that wait for their Lord. So they, they're servants to the Lord Jesus Christ. They're waiting for the Lord to come from the wedding. Whose wedding? Well, it's the Lord's wedding. He's the bridegroom. Well, who are these servants? You see everything he said about them, about about them, the ones that are blessed are the faithful ones. They get a big deal in the, in the kingdom in his household. The household of God, that word household of God, you need to look it up and study the context. In Galatians it says, do good unto all men, but especially those that are the household of faith. See, God's household, in God's household, in God's house, there's many vessels, some to honor, some to dishonor. 
That's that free will thing in Second Timothy. That's one of the reasons that that chapter is so important. That one thing right there. There's there's a lot going on here, folks. And and, and understand this, right up front. This is not milk for the weak my for the weak hearted. Okay. So if you don't get it, don't worry about it. Don't don't even don't give it. A, don't blow your mind trying to figure it all out. Okay. Just understand this one point. The bride's got nothing to do with these servants. That's all you need to understand for right now. Okay? And let and let the Lord open your eyes to more things in the Word. If there's somebody besides the bride, who is it? Where do they come from? Who is he talking about? Who could he possibly be talking about? Well, where's the bride at when he comes back? Well, according to Revelation chapter 17, they come back with Christ. How did they get there? You see how every, every little thing leads to another, another thought and how it brings about doctrine that will come out of the Word of God and be pulled out of the Word of God? I made many, I've made a lot of statements last night, fast statements, when we got to this thing that left Brother Chad a little confused. But remember, remember in Genesis, when I brought the point up, that Abraham, everybody that gets in and back in relationship with God, he called out Father Abraham. They get in through Father Abraham and the co- the unconditional covenant made with Abraham. Whether it's the bride, whether it's natural Israel, or where it's the dust of the earth, <laughs> see that's what the dust of the earth stand for. The stars of the heavens stand for the elect bride of Christ. And the sand of the sea is natural Israelites. That I'll go ahead and tell you what the Bible's going to tell you if you study it out. All right? I was going to just leave it alone and let somebody come in and tell me what they thought, but nobody did, so I'm telling you. But don't worry about it. Don't make a big deal about it. Just understand this one point, that there is a difference between the bride and the servant. Because they're waiting for the Lord to come, and the Lord's done went and got married. Brother Dave, go to Ephesians where Paul says he espouses us as a chaste virgin to Christ. Mm-hmm. Yes. Please. While he's going there, Brother Chad, do you got any more questions about this? Um, no, I, I, I did a little study on this just after the program yesterday, too, actually just on Stuart, actually, on the, on the stewards of the Bible. Mm-hmm. I found that very interesting, going right back to Genesis. Uh, I think Eleazar might have been there. Amen, brother. That's good. That's good. And uh, you find out that the stewards are always, I guess you could say 85% of the time in the Bible, not of Israel. There you go. Thank you. Now, brother Don didn't say that. Blame it on Brother Chad. <laughs> Ele- I've Eleazar many was, times before because yeah, of his fruit. He's from Damascus. That's right. Not of the tribes. And that's, that's, that's usually... That's pardon me. Yeah, pardon me. No, that's okay. Go ahead, brother. You're talking. I was just saying, even in the definition, it, it is defined as usually somebody that's a slave or from, an, from another area of, of the region. So the stewards, it, the trust is given to these people. Uh, they earn their way. They earn their way to the trust of that household. And that's... I was just looking at the difference between the servants. Some are going to be the servants, and they're going to be graduated to steward, which is a big deal. 
But that's a, that's an excellent study, brother. Excellent. 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 Making me smile, man. Folks, <laughs> listen. Go study the dust of the earth. Go study the stars of heaven. Go study the sand of the sea. Go study. It's three. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. And it, it does not stop when it comes. We get under the new covenant. It does not stop after the blood, death, burial, and resurrection of Christ because his blood shed for all three. And that's what some people just can't get through their head. But I, I, I told you this verse about the bride, um, I mean the, the bridegroom coming back from when it absolutely destroys the doctrine, doctrine of the Corinthian identicist, okay? Absolutely destroys their doctrine, completely. Blows it out of the water. Because these people are not the bride and the bridegroom, and the wedding has done took place. Is that plain, Brother Dave? Can you can you understand that? Oh, yes. Yeah, that's very easily to understand. Believe in it. See, you're, to change it, you'll have to change the book. You'll have to take something out of it or add something to it. To change this one fact that I'm showing you, all right, brother Chad's done running. Run. I mean, I'm so thankful. That's good stuff, brother. Good, 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 good. Praise All the right. Lord. That's, amen, brother. Praise the Lord. That's the way you study, folks. That's the way you study. Okay, brother Dave, go ahead and show us okay. about the uh, the one that gives the bride away. Okay, Second Corinthians chapter eleven, verse two. For I am jealous over you with godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. Amen. That's exactly right. And everybody knows in the wedding, if the person that espouses somebody is the best man. John the Baptist said he was not the bridegroom. He was a friend of the bridegroom. That's John the Baptist. The Lord said, there's been no greater man than John the Baptist. He bragged on John the Baptist up one side and down the other. Up until that time, there was nobody any better. But then the Lord switched his ears and said, but the ones coming later, because they're the bride. And that's who he's looking at in a particular way. Folks, everybody thinks that God's this big old sugar daddy that deals out everything no matter what you do, you know, that there's this balance, there's this set of scales in, in heaven. And somehow or another, your you're good and bad is going to be weight on this scale and your good's going to get you through, okay? That's, that, that, that's what the majority of people actually think, that even think that's deist, that just believe in God the Father, or just a creator. That's what they believe. This stuff that I'm teaching, it's so deep. That's like I said, don't worry about it if you don't get Just get the fact that these are two different classes of individuals. And then we could go over to Acts, and I could show you where there's even proselytes after Peter preaches. Even calls them proselytes. Look up the word proselyte. All the way back to where it first occurs. Then follow it all the way through the scriptures. And you'll find out there's proselytes, called proselytes, even believing in Jesus. And that's the whosoever wills, folks. And that's why I teach what I teach. 
because the Bible lays it out plain. But you can't get this stuff unless you study. I just, you just don't come up with this stuff in your head. You go through the scriptures and the spirits say, what's going on here? It's like reading down through here and he says, well, what will the servants be doing when the, when the Lord cometh from the wet, wedding? 99% of the folks out there just read right through that, don't pay no attention to what's going on. Or they'll say, well, really, the Lord is speaking with the metaphor here, using himself as such an, in an allegorical way. See, that's what they do. When the Lord is plainly the bridegroom and we are the bride. The Israel of God, the elect Israel of God. Separate from the rest. Deep, heavy meat, big time heavy meat. You won't find it in theological circles out there with a finding. Well, you might find one or two that mentions it. I told Brother Chad on the phone the other night that the only other person that I had heard that leaned this direction in a certain way, but he still hadn't got the G right, was Chuck Missler. Some of you may have heard him teach, or he don't even claim to be a teacher, but he is. Have heard him. He's from Koine Ministries. He's seen this. He's seen that. He's made comments about, about Ezekiel 40 through 48. He sees the problems that nobody else will deal with. Because there's, there were, there's problems there if you don't know the book. Read it yourself and see. What in the world is it talking about over there? See? You've got a place you can't just ignore it. It's part of the book. And if you've got other doctrine that conflict with it, there has to be a reconciliation somewhere or another, and the Holy Spirit will show you if you will spend time with it. I, I've, I've told you all before, almost 30-something years till the Lord gave me some light on it. 30-something years. I knew nobody would ever talk about it. Nobody would ever teach it. And the ones that tried to teach it would just read over it and throw it in a millennium and let it go and not comment on the law of the house, the Zadok priesthood, all those Israelites there that have to do certain things, all the stuff that goes on there in Ezekiel 40 through 48. Go read it and you'll understand what I'm talking about. But this right here, all I want you to get is we're talking about two different sets of quote-unquote believers, Christians. That's plain as day. Continue on, Brother Chad. Verse 45, But, and if that servant say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to beat the men servants and maidens, and to eat and drink, and to be drunken, the Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him, and at an hour when he is not aware, and will cut him in thunder. Wow. That's somebody that don't seem to be uh, in Romans 30, uh, 8, 38, and 39. <laughs> That's somebody that don't seem to be sealed to the day of redemption, isn't it? That's what I That's what I see. That's exactly what it's teaching, folks. I'm teaching, excuse me. That's what it says. Yes, amen. That's what it says. Cut him asunder. Didn't say throw him in hell. I want you to keep that in mind. Doesn't say throw him in hell, into hell. Doesn't say throw him into the lake of fire. 
folks, the millennial reign is going to be it's going to turn everything upside down. Every there will be no free speech. There will be no liberty and all these. There will be no bill of rights for the ones that are not the bride. They will live under a monarchy with Christ the King and the rulers and the rulers, the priests and the rulers will be part of the bride. And the one, the other ones around there that go through this period of time of regeneration, they're going to have to, they're going to have to, they're going to have to, to, to draw, to toe the, toe the line. It's going to be a rough time. It's going to be wonderful, but only wonderful if you love the Lord. No more grace through faith. Faith's gone out the window because he's standing right in front of everybody. So, bye-bye, the just shall live by faith. See you later. Done took place. A different age kicks in. A different age completely kicks in. And unless you understand rightly dividing the word of truth, you will read over it, try to blow it away, or never understand it at all. That's why if you don't have a Bible that's got 1 Timothy 3.16, I mean uh, 2.15 in it, you don't have a Bible. I know there's a lot of people that probably come here when I'm always quoting, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. They don't know what I'm talking about. Tell them why they don't know what I'm talking about, Brother Chad. Uh, only the King James Bible tells you to study, and only the King James Bible tells you to search the Scriptures. That's exactly correct. In John and in Second Timothy 2.15, you won't find it anywhere else. You won't find it in any other version. You won't find it in any other book. There ain't, ain't but two Bibles, folks. The right one and the wrong one, okay? Period. Amen, amen. End of story. End of story. Continue on, Brother Chad. Uh, so, and he will cut him in sunder and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. Unbelief point is a point, but his portion with the unbelievers. So we've got a steward that's set up, a servant set up, and he loses his stewardship and gets appointed with the unbelievers. How? Appoint his portion with the unbelievers. What unbelievers could he be talking about? Is he talking about unbelievers that's going to get thrown into the lake of fire? Or is he talking about natural Israelites that's going to go into the millennial kingdom? Like I'm talking about, like you'll find back in those eight chapters in Ezekiel. With David ruling over them as king, not the Lord Jesus Christ. See? Oh, not my opinion. Not my opinion. Brother Dave can tell you even more chapter it's in. <laughs> Brother Dave, tell him where it's at, where David's going to be reigning as king. Um, it's in Ezekiel 36. Pardon huh? me? Ezekiel 36 and 37. Okay. You know, we we went back there not too long ago. Right. Now, that, that's what the books, it plainly tells you that. 
where in Ezekiel 43-48, talk about the prince. Talk, call him the prince. And it tells you who that prince is earlier in Ezekiel telling you he's going to reign. Well, look, see, Christ has to reign on David's throne. He's never done that yet. He's gone, the Lord said he'd give him the throne of his father David. It's never reigned on David's throne. He never has. So that prince and David's reigning is going to take place at a different period of time while Christ is reigning on David's throne. So it go. It tells you at the first part of those eight chapters that that goes out into eternity. That is an that's an eternity passage. Those eight chapters are eternity passages of scripture. That's not the New Jerusalem. How do you know that, Brother Don? The measurements are not the same. The setup is not the same. Nothing about it same. He even talks about fish. Been a lot of fish that you can go catch. And uh, when you read, you'll say, the Lord tells you there's a bunch of fish in this river. <laughs> the measurements are not the same. Go check it out, please, for yourself. The Lord may... See, there's still parts of this of this doctrine that is still unclear, a few minor parts that are unclear, that the Lord hadn't even he hadn't showed me all of it completely. He may show it to you. He may show it to Brother Chad or Brother David or Brother Kevin, Brother Brian, any of y'all, Brother Pete, any of y'all. That's the way the Lord always works. And the way you know that is the book of Acts, how it's a transitional book, how things start off. You got whatever you. I mean, I'm not going to go through that tonight. We'll go through it later when we get to the Book of Acts, because I'm really going to slow down, Lord willing, and really take my time going through Acts this time. I'm going to show you all the different ways people get saved in the Book of Acts, how it progresses all the way up to the revelations given to the Apostle Paul. I'm going to show you how the reason all the signs that were there were for national Israel because the Judeans seek for a sign. And I'm going to show you how when the gospel went out to the rest of the world, those signs faded away. And that's not my opinion. That's what Paul tells you in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I didn't, that's not my words, it's the Lord's. Deal with it. Deal with it. You either believe the book or you don't. I don't, yeah, but. There is no yeah, but, but. It is a progression. And if you can't see the progression, anybody that goes to, to Acts, Matthew, to get their church doctrine is all screwed up. Totally screwed up. Why? They do not understand the mysteries that were only revealed to the Apostle Paul and the actual mission he was sent on. And Paul is, a, is a, typologically is a type of Moses in the New Testament. He, the Old Testament, things were revealed to Moses. The New Testament, things were revealed to Paul, even though the keys were given to Peter. I mean, this stuff is confusing if you don't stay in the book and study it, folks, okay? But Peter got his glory... Peter's the first one that opened the door. He saw the sheet come down, and then the Lord passed a torch to the Apostle Paul. And even Peter, 
It didn't, even the apostles, other apostles had trouble understanding the apostle Paul. And Peter tells you all about that in Second Peter chapter 3. He didn't even understand all Paul's doctrine. It progressed, and it's progressed further on down through and the, the, the quote-unquote apostolic succession that the Pope in all claims. No, it goes from believing pastor teachers down through the ages, down through the ages, the Spirit revealing a little bit here and a little bit there and a little bit here and a little bit there. And the progression will continue to take place until the Lord splits the skies open for you and I. Praise the Lord. That's exactly the way this book works. And nobody has all the answers. Nobody. You can, you can say, well, I'm going to just study this person. I'm going to... Nobody has all the answers, folks. Everybody is probably cantered somewhere, including me. That's why I'm always telling you ad nauseum, you go study what I tell you yourself and let the Spirit of God implant it into your heart so you can understand, so you'll have the foundation to stand on. Okay? I tell you not to believe me. Go study yourself and let the Lord show you. Because let God be true and every man a liar. Yeah. Plain and simple. Let's continue on. Verse 47. And that servant, which knew his Lord's will, and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. Oh, portion with the unbelievers. And the very next verse tells you what that portion is. It ain't hell. It's not the lake of fire. It's beaten with many stripes. You see, who teaches you this? So these, uh, these unbelieving Israelites, natural Israelites, that go into the kingdom, that go through Jacob's trouble, and everybody else, the dust of the earth, whoever else goes into the kingdom unbelieving, they're part of, the, they're part of this portion that's appointed. And here it tells you about this. And then it's going to give a dire warning that I mentioned last night about this program and about other Bible-believing, biblical literalist programs. Unless you're prepared to be obedient to the truth, you really love the Lord, do you? I'm asking you before we Amen. go any further. Do you really love the Lord? Because it's going to hold you accountable for what you know. That makes me shudder. Amen. That makes me shudder. Because I know how how lackluster, how inferior I am. How I'm not everything I should be. And his people, and even the bride, and even 
even the ones that do love him. This world has a hold on everybody. That it absolutely, it's it's um, it, it takes the granted repentance from the Lord and the Spirit of God to pull you away. Because the God of this world is the strong man that the Lord talked about. The strong man's house. He's the God of this world until the Lord comes and, t- and kicks him off the throne of this world and takes it over himself. He has got power, folks. But the Lord's got the most. And the Lord can sit back and laugh at him like he does in Psalms chapter 2. You did know the Lord laughed, didn't you? Of course he does. He has a sense of humor. Other places he says, ha, ha. Ah. <laughs> uh, yes, you won't get that on your Christian identity programs. <laughs> but these, this, this, these stretch, this stretch of Scripture right here, it absolutely puts fear into my heart. I'm fixing to show you why. Continue on, Brother Chad. Hallelujah. Yeah, Psalm 2, that's also where he says that uh, serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. And uh, what uh, you're saying. Yes. It reminds me of uh, Philippians 2, 12 there. You know, work out your own salvation, own salvation with, fear and with fear and trembling, brother. Amen. Absolutely, they go together. Yes, they do. Amen, amen. All right, continue on? Yes. All right, uh... Yes, for uh, Luke 12 and 48. But he that knew not and did commit things worthy of strife shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto whomsoever much is given of him shall be much required. Read that again. Yes. For unto whom, for unto whomsoever much is given of him shall be much required. See, folks, that scares me to death. That's scary. There's sometimes that I just, well, but you can't, you can't, you can't do anything about what the Lord gives you because He expects of you. See, it's required of us not to just have a bunch of head knowledge and sit around and do what you want to and go ahead and be with Aunt Susan. No. No. It's about all those things I talked about last night and been talking about for years. And it's the, the, this verses, these, these verses down through the year are tough verses, and they scare me. It makes me fear God. That judgment seat of Christ, folks, is not going to be a a, a, a hallelujah shouting job for everybody, okay? It just ain't. Go read it. First Corinthians three, Second Corinthians five. That's not the white throne judgment. That's the judgment of the bride. Continue on, brother. For unto whomsoever much is given of him shall be much required, and to whom men have committed much of him they will ask the more. Mm-hmm. 
Amen. Continue on. I am come to send fire on the earth. And what will I if it be already kindled? But I have a baptism to be baptized with. And how am I straightened till it be accomplished? Folks, that baptism of fire ain't got jack squat to do with the Holy Ghost. It's got that baptism of fire. This is one of the seven baptisms. Oh, you did know there were seven? Oh, yeah. The scripture talks about seven. This is the baptism of suffering. This baptism of fire. I teach it all the time. Continue on, Brother Chad. Suppose ye that I am come to give peace on earth? I tell you, nay, but rather division. For from henceforth, for from henceforth there shall be five in one house divided, three against two and two against three. The father shall be divided against the son, and the son against the father, the mother against the daughter, and the daughter against the mother, the mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Now, folks, isn't that contrary to every bit of teaching that you've heard from mainstream, any type of mainstream Christianity, unless it's just given lip service? Because if you stand for the truth, like I, I have, a, I've given the illustration numerous times. When you turn away from this world, the force of the world is going to hit you in the face, whether it be from the the world system, from your family. See, this is people you love. This is folks that it's, it's getting to the heart of the matter. The actual H E A R T. Because it's about the heart, folks. It's what do you love the most? And if you love him the most, there's going to be a division. Oh, my God, I've seen it in my family. I know how literal this really is. When you take a stand for this book, and you take a stand for the Lord Jesus Christ, and you and you love actually love Him, and are trying to serve Him. There will be division in the heart of those you love. The Lord's stepbrothers never believed on Him until after He had done resurrected from the dead, and they got to see everything that went on. The Lord told you in every one of the Gospels, a prophet hath no honor in his own country and among his own kindred. There's got, the reason for the division in the family is to test your heart. Who do you love the most? What do you love the most? And you think that everybody's supposed to get along and compromise. To a certain degree, you can do that, but there are, there will be a dividing line. There will be there will be a line you cannot cross. And you'll know it if you do. Believe me. 
Verse 54, brother. And he said also to the people, When ye see a cloud rise out of the west, straightway ye say, There cometh a shower, and so it is. And when ye see the south wind blow, ye say, There will be heat, and it cometh to pass. Ye hypocrites, ye can discern the face of the sky and of the earth, but how is it that ye do not discern this time? Yea, and why even of yourselves judge ye not what is right? When thou goest with thine adversary to the magistrate, as thou art in the way, give diligence that thou mayest be delivered from him, lest he hail thee to the judge, and the judge deliver thee to the officer, and the officer cast thee into prison. I tell thee, thou shalt not depart them till thou hast paid the very last might. Now, I'm going to ask you folks, I'm going to ask Brother David and Brother Chad to tell me what in the world is he talking about. In the context where it appears. What he just got through talking, in the context of what he just got through saying, what in the world is he talking about? Very good question. There's the judgment. Adversary. With thine adversary to the magistrate. You know what that word adversary means? Look it up, Brother Dave, if you don't mind. Yeah, Satan. Adversary. Yep. Not making your enemy. Go to Daniel chapter 7, Brother Day. Okay. I don't know what verse it is, but it's about down there, it's about uh, halfway through Daniel chapter 7. He'll be talking about the little horn. Start reading where he first starts talking about the little horn. Okay. Folks, to listen close. Mm, I see the ten horns here, the horns uh, beheld to the thrones. And I saw one little horn. Okay, Daniel 7, 8. I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another little horn, before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots, and behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man and a mouth speaking great things. I beheld till the thrones were cast down, and the Ancient of Days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like the pure wool. His throne was like the fiery flame, and his wheels as burning fire. Is that what you were looking for? Keep on on reading. Yeah, because the little horn ain't gone nowhere. Keep on reading. 
Okay. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousands, thousands ministered unto him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. Listen the close. judgment. Listen close. Go ahead. The judgment was set, and the books were open. Wow. <clears throat> I wow. beheld then. Because of the voice of the great words which the horn spake. Oh! Anybody get that? What's he doing at the judgment? Pray about that one a little while when you read these verses here in Luke. You remember? Um, what was that? I can't hear you. I said, I, I was just saying. Pray about that when you read these verses in Luke and see what you come up with because I'll tell you what the implications are. And so I'm not I'm not the first one to see this, folks. This is no big revelation. I'm not the first one to catch this, okay? The judgment was set and the books were opened. At a judgment... There's not just one person probably going to be there. There'll probably be a prosecuting attorney. That's what's implicated back in Daniel 7, comparing Scripture with Scripture. And if you go and look in 1 Corinthians 3, it says those that works, the motive for their works were burned up. They would suffer loss but they themselves would be saved, yet so as by fire. Suffer loss. Revelation chapter 3 warns about this to the last church before the appearing of the Lord, before the time of Jacob's trouble, because they are so smug in the world. I don't know anybody that's got all these verses put together and everything slapdab right, okay? I'm just telling you. The little horn's present. What's he doing there at the judgment? What great words does he speak? It, the Bible's not all that clear. The Bible's not completely clear on it, enough to, to make a strong case for sound doctrine. I'm just throwing it out there. Like I said, I'm not the first one to see this. Maybe the Lord will open it up and show you some more scriptures to put together with it to make it sound doctrine. I can't teach you this sound doctrine. I can just tell you that the scriptures imply that this little horn is a, is a prosecuting attorney and in the New Testament called the adversary and it's probably the God of this world to make accusations because there's, hey, nobody knows you. Nobody knows human nature other than the Lord Jesus Christ and God the Father and the Holy Spirit. Nobody knows human nature and knows you better than the devil. Now that's great, amen. Very Frightening. That is frightening, folks. This 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 ain't child's play. This is not religion. This is relationship. 
we're talking about. Why do you think Paul would say what he says in 1 Corinthians 16, 22? Why would he make such a statement? Go read it, Brother Dave, please. Uh, which one? 1 Corinthians 16, 22. Um, yeah, I meant, what is it I'm supposed to read there? 1 Corinthians 16, 22, verse 22. Okay. If any man love not the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be anathema maranatha. I could quote it. I want you to read it. Okay. If any man love not the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be anathema maranatha. Now, please look up those words in the Greek for them. Okay. Yeah, it means uh, curse till he comes. That's exactly what it means. That's why, this, that, folks, listen. That's why you see no real revivals today. This whole, this, every, because everything's so bastardized and out of kilter. There's going to be tough payment. Even for the ones that get in, there's going to be a tough payment, which should call us to more holy living. Why do you think Paul says what he does in in, in 2 Corinthians 5? Brother Dave, please go there. Okay. And read that. First Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I think it's verse 10 or 11, where it says, For we must all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Yes, <clears throat> verse 10, 2 Corinthians 5. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, there but we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your conscience. Absolutely. Therefore, knowing the terror of the Lord. Why in the world would the bride have to be terrorized? Why? What, what's, what, why would there be terror standing before the Lord? Why? Brother Dave, go to 1 Corinthians 3. Start at verse 10. Okay. Verse 10, according to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. Now what? The foundation is a house. It's, it's, it's part of a house. Remember the household? The household of God I talked about earlier. Go ahead, brother. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. <clears throat> For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest. Clearly, the... too, clearly, wood, hay, stubble's the bad stuff. 
gold, silver, precious stones is the good stuff. And that's plain as day. Go ahead, brother. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. What sort it is. Not the the quantity, the quality, the heart. Was it done out of love for the Lord? Or was it done for show to men? Was there any suffering that went into it? Was there any sacrifice that went into it? Or was it all just comfortable mouth speak? Folks, the bride needs to be scared. The bride needs the fear of God in their heart. There's no preaching on hell anymore, hardly at all except from the remnant, very minute remnant of biblical, literalist, Bible believers. Okay? People have lost their fear of God. Now watch what happens. Go ahead, Brother Dave. Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so is by fire. He shall suffer loss. Why, Paul, did not you go into detail on that? Why did the Holy Spirit stop right there when Paul penned these words? Why didn't he explain it more? Folks, that's what the book's all about, is studying to find out. The thing's not like you have to you have to dig. There has to be a desire for it. I've told you many times in the past that a lot of times the where the where the Bible silent screams louder than what's written, and this is one of those places when you tie it all together. Context with context, precept with precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. Go to Revelation chapter 3, Brother Dave. Okay. Go down there where he talks to the. We start where he talks to the Laodicean church. That's the last church before the before yeah. the time of Jacob's trouble and the Lord comes back. That's us, folks. Okay, in verse fourteen, Revelations chapter three, verse fourteen, and unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write: These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness. The beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, 
and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. Oh. Suffer loss. See, what our God, the righteousness of the saints is part of the good works that we do as loving the Lord and our life we live for the Lord. You're sewing garments, as one preacher once put it. You're sewing garments every day. You reckon that naked? You reckon you really? You reckon the Lord's pulling your leg, joking? You reckon He'd make you run around naked? How would you like to run around showing your privates to the rest of the body of Christ? That's what's implied. That's part of suffering loss. See what I mean, Jelly Bean? A lot more serious than most people take it. Now you're starting to understand why I scream and holler about this world and the things that are in the world, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, how the Holy Spirit should be dealing with you on the inside about those things and you be working on those things with the help of the Lord and the Spirit of God, producing the fruits of the Spirit, Last night, you might have just thought I was just just, just an old hillbilly preacher ranting and raving about some. No, I was telling you the gospel truth. What the book says. Not, not, not a teaching. It's what God said. I'll tell you when I don't know something. And I'll tell you when it's teaching. And, I, and I'll say, but when God just plainly says stuff, he means it. Okay. And you with too much is given, much is required. That's why I gave that told about that warning last night. I mean that. Those words will reverberate through eternity in your head if you don't take it for what it says. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my W O-R-D-S shall not pass away. The judgment was set and the B-O-O-K-S books were opened. How many books you got in this here canon? 66. The very words of this book is what's going to judge you because the big W, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the little W are practically inseparable. That's how important this book is. The ones that got it to us understood it. The martyrs understood it. Some died with just a sliver, nothing like you've got. And they're laying around catching dust, and nobody loves it. Nobody loves God's words. So all through the Old Testament, it likens them to honey, 
had lichens in the water, all kinds of good, how sweet they are, like, like honey on your lips. Are they that way to you? Because unless you love the Lord Jesus Christ, you won't love his book. That's one of the best ways to tell if somebody is just spouting off for show or talking truth or trying to talk truth or battling it out. You can tell. and You can tell. You know the tree by the fruit it bears, folks. Apple trees don't grow peaches. Brother Chad, if you would dismiss us in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we give you the thanks for this assembly, Lord. We give you all the glory, and we are very grateful to have your words, Lord. And you've said they'll have an earth will pass, and they'll go on, Lord. And we are grateful for our salvation yes, and the finished work that you did for our sake, Lord that we receive you, that we love you, and we believe you with all, not just our minds, Lord, but with our hearts and with our souls, that we believe that you came here and you died for our sins. You took our punishment at the cross, nailed it there, Lord, that your blood is what makes us clean. That without you, we have no righteousness, and we have no faith, Lord. You did it all, and we owe everything to you. We pray that our assembly tonight and this week goes... um, goes forth with with new understanding, Lord, with a new edification from the teachings of of this week and uh, that we all get a chance to praise your name somewhere out there, Lord. Even if it's not to a stranger on a street corner, Lord, that we just stop and say, hey, do you know about my Lord Jesus Christ, one that died for your sake? Do you think that means anything? You know what? It means a lot to me, Lord. And I, I give you so much thanks for everything that that we have, Lord. The air that we breathe and the, the clothes on our back, Lord. Shoes on our feet and the roof over our head, Lord. To keep us out of the elements and food in our belly. And, and uh, I pray for the whole assembly tonight, Lord, and the downloaders. That their needs be met, Lord, and that their prayer life be uh, magnified this week, Lord. Yeah. That everyone come to you and Spend some time with you, Lord, and get to know you and talk to you and and open those ears. He that has ears to hear, Lord, let him hear. And uh, all praise and glory to you, Lord. You know everyone's needs, Lord. I pray that everyone here pray for one another, Lord. We not forget one another. And that we take it to the closet, Lord. That's, that's where... Uh, there's so much that happens that has to happen there, Lord, and and I know in my life that I I need to spend more time there, Lord, and I'm sure everybody does, Lord, that we can never spend too much time talking to you. For you are a you are a living God. You are a true you are the one true and living God, Lord. You are you are as real as as the, the sound of my voice, Lord. I have no sound of my voice without you. Everything's held together by you, Lord. With a Blink of the eye, everything could dissipate and become nothingness, Lord. You're what holds it all together. To your precious blood and your precious name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. 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 Listen, brethren, don't ever get 
works for rewards mixed with salvation because they're not the same. Salvation is a free gift. Earned rewards that you get, that's a different story. Your earned rewards and what you do in your life depends on your status in the next life. And that determines your status in the next life. That is plain as day in the Scripture. Your inheritance and your reward. So today, just real quick, go to Luke chapter 6 and read verse 45 and 46. I believe that's the two verses I want you to read. Okay. Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6, verse 45. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance, for of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaketh. And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say... Read that one more time. And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? The Lord said in another place, If you love me, you'll keep my words. That's something everyone on the sound of my voice, including myself, ought to really pray about and think about. Brother Day, go ahead. Okay. Contact information for Don Spears Ministries. Telephone number is 334-397-2333. The email address is respecttothelord at yahoo.com. Again, that's respect. To the Lord at yahoo.com. And you can go to PayPal when you have a PayPal account and enter respect to the Lord at yahoo.com and you will get Pastor Don's account and you can make your offering there. Or you can send your cards and letters or in offerings and requests to Pastor Don's home address 3155 Louisville Street. Apartment D1, Clio, Alabama. Zip code 36017. 36017. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you, brother. And the end of the program tonight, I'm going to play that other song that Brother Dave sent me by the course of um, 100,000 white men singing praise to the Lord. The name of this is Soldier's Chorus. Actually, I made a mistake, and I don't know why I said that number. It's 8,000. Is it 8,000? Yeah, let me just scroll down here and see if I can get my mouse to work. Yeah, it says the largest ever world male voice choir is what it says. Yes, it does. If you look at the information underneath the video, and it's very small print, so you probably can't read it, it's 8,000. Okay. It's a bunch of folks, I can tell you that, and it's beautiful music, folks. Oh, it is. Good night. God bless you. I hope your week goes 
high, abundantly greater than you could possibly imagine. And I hope the Lord blesses you in every way. Lord willing and health permitting, situations permitting, we'll be back Friday night. Love each and every one of you. Good night, folks. God bless. Good night. Thanks.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.